and welcome to the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, a podcast that's all about board games. <gasps> My name is Tom Brewster, and I've just eaten an, an entire bag of dried mango, and I'm joined by Ava Foxfort. And I've just had a tiny bit of a refresher bar. A tiny little refreshment of refresher. Yeah. It was a, a little sliver. I thought it was Kendall Mint Cake, but it was not. It was... No. Even more raw sugar. No, there's been things that have been done to that sugar. Like Kendall mint cake is literally just like sugar compressed with mint. And a refresher is like a weird paste that's been solidified and dried out. So it's kind of like for for the Americans in the audience who probably have no idea what we're talking about. It's basically a sweet jerky. It's like a dried out meat only made out of sugar. It's not made out of meat. It's made out of delicious sugar. Is it similar to taffy, maybe? Oh, yeah, because that's chewits, isn't it? Like, taffy is basically chewits, which I only found out recently. Is that true? Yeah, ch- yeah, chewits are really similar. So, yeah, it's in the direction of taffy, but like hard taffy. Like, it's really big solid. Armors I think taffy. That you sort of need to like warm a refresher, sort of like, you know, maybe in between your thighs or in an <laughs> armpit, to sort of get it to prime chomping texture before then it, it shatters like glass. Shall we talk about some board games? <laughs> Let's talk about some board games. Uh, on this podcast, we're going to talk about a pair of games that are all about art. We're going to start by talking about Art Deco, a game about buying paintings and speculating on their respective values. And we're going to talk about Museum Pictura, a game about rooting through the bins for paintings that you can maybe hang on your wall. Yeah, and I'm quite excited for that because we did a review of, or me and Quinn's very early on in my career with uh, the shut-ups and the sit-downs. Um, that's was, us. Uh, that's us. Um, was a review of Museum, which was the original. And it was a game that I found was a little bit lacking and I kind of wanted... I got the impression, and I wasn't, I didn't put this in the review in the end, but I got the impression that a little bit more work and a little bit of tightening, and it could have been quite good because there was elements I was into. But so I'm really excited to see whether this is that, and it's that game with a little bit more work and a little bit more refinement. I'm excited to find out about that as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a cliffhanger. Tom, why don't you actually tell me? about Museum Pictura. I can tell you all about Museum Pictura, which is going to be confusing because I did mention Art Deco first, but we're leaping right into the museum before toddling off to the gallery. Although they're kind of the same thing. Galleries and museums. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they can be. You can get you get art in museums sometimes, don't you? What is a gallery but a Museum Pictura is the question that Museum Pictura <sighs> oh. is asking you. That's right. It's museum. It's the game museum, but they made it into uh, an art, an art version. I actually went and read the OG Quinn's and Ava Shut Up and Sit Down review of Museum. If you're curious about this game any more than my brief teach will allow, go and check that one out. It's a good little review. I like it very much. Uh, but let me give you the skinny on what this game is for people at home who haven't played the original or Museum Pictura. So the game itself is pretty simple. You have a museum in front of you that has a whole bunch of these overlapping spaces for you to put paintings in. And if you create a group of paintings based on their era or their style, you're going to get a whole bunch of points at the end of the game. But how do you get these paintings? Well, you start with a nice hand of cards that you're going to add to at the start of your turn before then making a mandatory swap with one of those cards from one that's on this central sort of arty, markety board. Uh, there's a rub here, though. Uh, the central galleries that you're swapping with, they like certain artists, they like certain eras, and they like certain styles. So if there's a gallery that really likes a Van Gogh painting and you slip them a little bit of Van Gogh, then you're going to gain some points. 
But if you're a nasty school bully and you're taking all their Van Goghs away, then you're going to lose some points. And what if that Van Gogh is also a portrait and they like portraits? Ugh, I'm losing so many points already. What have I done? It's terrible. I like that the manual very quickly says, yes, you can go below, uh, like, you start with a crop of points and it's like, you're going to lose them because you're going to make some bad trades. Right. And I did. I made some bad trades. Um, but once you've done that, once you've done your little swap, uh, everyone else can then also make a single swap, even if it's not their turn. It's your turn, you get to do a swap, and everyone else gets to do one. We're going to come back to that later, because it's weird. And then you'll take an action. And here are the actions. You can play a card into your gallery, but doing that means you have to discard another card from your hand, which goes into your bin, that other people can then later pilfer from. The second thing you can do is you can host a temporary exhibition. You can show off your whole collection. You can say, hey, come and look at all my nice shiny blue paintings and get a load of instant points for that. Or your third option is to take all your binned cards back into your hand for future swaps and future exhibits. And there's other systems in this game that I'm not going to get into. There's like patrons you can appease. There's favors you can call in. And I think they also, they do say M for favor, which is, you know, very useful. <laughs> And there's also lots of other different bells and whistles, but that is the core. Ava, how much have I just described the original museum to you? Um, I feel like the trading with the galleries bit is new, but once you, sorry, for a while I was like, oh wait, is this actually a different game? But in fact, it just sounds like the <laughs> method of acquiring paintings is new, right? Yes. But the everything else sounds like it's basically the same. Yeah, that method of acquiring paintings is is probably the biggest change between the two games by by the sounds of things. I haven't actually played the original museum. But also that mechanic has a very sort of strange flow to it because you have this situation where on your you know it's your turn, you get to make an exchange with the gallery, then the other two players then get to also make an exchange with the central gallery, but then you have to take an action and then it moves on to another player's turn. It's very sort of start and stop. I think this game yeah. has sort of whatever you would describe as the complete opposite of flow. Um, it's a really odd sort of system that's in the, in the center. There. Yeah, I think that's that's carried across as well, which is interesting because I thought that, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's just... So what are you exchanging for new cards? Because I think you just grabbed cards and just like everybody got to grab cards every turn. And it was just that you had first dibs if it was your turn. Is it the same thing or are you tr you're like you're trading something from your hand or money or yes. something? Okay. You're trading a card from your hand. You're taking a card of your choice and you're putting it into a gallery and then taking another card back out of the gallery. And of course, that's the difference between museums and art galleries, isn't it? Museums just steal stuff from people, <laughs> whereas galleries overpay launder people stuff. for it and launder oligarchs' money. Um, cool. Well, yeah. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that because I was a bit worried. I was having a bit of a breakdown. <laughs> What's the difference between the two? It's like, oh yeah, it's the theft. Yes. But that exchange, right, of putting a card into a gallery and taking one back, that's also a little bit weird and fiddly. Like, there are three different sort of uh, qualities uh, a certain painting can have, which are artist, uh, genre, and time period. Yeah. And there could be an example where you're trading, like, you know, uh, a Renaissance painting, a Renaissance portrait by, you know, this artist X, right? You put that painting in, and if that gallery likes the fact that it's Renaissance and likes the artist then that's going to get you some points. But then if you take out something that they liked the style of and maybe the genre of or something, then you're going to lose some points. You have to do this little calculation every single time oh. you do swaps and you move around the tracker. And the other players are doing that at the same time. And that's not so much of a problem when they can have a little fiddle on their own, but it just has this very, very strange structure. And then, I don't know, I think 
a lot of my criticisms here would be very, very similar to what you and Quinn's found in, in Museum Regular. It's just a game that doesn't hang together as well as you would like it to for a game that is this gorgeous mm. uh, because it still has some amazing artwork. Although there's a strange decision here to not have like full bleed art on the cards and instead have this very strange thing where you on the cards, you have a picture of two people looking at the picture <laughs> or something similar to that. I don't know why they've done that, but it really made me laugh when they found lots of different ways of doing that. So there's one where there's a guy sort of pulling a curtain out the way to reveal the painting on show. And there's one of lots of sort of people considering what's in front of them. I um, find that quite entertaining as I had like the opposite vibe from Museum because it felt like the cards sometimes represent it implied that you would like taken an entire city and move it into the museum. And it doesn't really explain yes. that it's an exhibit of the thing. Whereas like if it's a painting, I would believe that a gallery could have bought a painting, right? But yes. I, it doesn't need to have that extra layer of, of removal. But, you know, that's fine. That doesn't really matter. That's just an art choice, isn't it? It's, you know, it's something. It reminds you it's about a gallery, but it does also make the art less big. But are, mm. are the, do the people look nice? The people look, yeah, the people look perfectly normal. Okay. Uh, lots of lots of regular illustrated people in this game. Yeah. Um, but you mostly see the backs of their heads. Okay. Um, because yeah. they're sort of pondering the art. They could turn around and, and there'd just be a void there. So this is going to be a bit knows. of a hit for the fans of backs of people's heads, is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. If you really like people watching, but not people watching their faces, just people <laughs> watching the, the specifically the backs of their heads, this game has, has got it all. It's got it all. But the, the, it also, though, it does have a very similar thing with Regular Museum, where you're putting these lovely paintings into a gallery that very quickly get overlapped by other cards of the same kind. So all you care about is that very top strip. You're no longer looking at those lovely art pieces in your hands. You're just looking at a sort of a wash of icons and colors. Um, and admittedly, that little game of shuffling cards around and slotting them into the nice little parts of the gallery, that's really nice. You put them down and then there are sort of certain parts of your gallery that will score a little bit better um, if you manage to sort of have everything in the same genre in the certain wings of your gallery, mm. which is a nice little spatial puzzle. And you can always freely rearrange things. It has this nice feeling of pruning and curating and installing and shifting, which is really lovely. It just is sort of locked inside of this game that's full of these sort of staccato mini turns in between actual proper turns. And even then, the person who won the game just won by making, just by buying every single card of one genre in the game effectively, and just having this absolutely huge exhibition that scored them a bunch of points, and not really bothering with a lot of the other systems that were in the game. Yeah. So it's yeah, a weird that's one. the thing. I think that there was a thing where it either needed to be a bit more bitey and explosive, or it needed to um, to be simpler because there was just a lot of moving parts that weren't really necessary. That's kind of what I remember. So it's disappointing to find that, especially if like that flow thing, if that flow thing is being interrupted, not just by other people taking a turn and grabbing a thing, but by other people like swapping a thing and doing a calculation. Oh, don't put calculations in my turn. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never once done maths in a game. And the fact <laughs> that it is asking you to do it several times. It's really heinous. No, I mean, it's just, it's it's faff to fun, isn't it? It's what I always talk about. Like, is it worth doing that mass? Does it add enough interest to what is going on? Tom, does it? Yeah. No. Okay, you gave me... I can't put a sting in there. <laughs> Speaking of seeing just the numbers, should we talk about a game that also has art in it, but it's got a few more numbers in it, but the numbers are the point rather than the art, maybe? 
Yeah, I think it is more about numbers than art. It could have been like it, it, it. There's a bit of the theme of selling stuff, and I think there's a couple of clever touches in there in terms of the popularity of art thing. But there's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of numbers to look at. Um, we I we just played a game of this on Board Game Arena, which kind of like handled mm-hmm. all of the numbers for us. But you've played this in person properly, right? Yes, the game we're talking about is Art Deco from Rio Grande Games. I should say that also, I think it's from Holy Grail Games, Museum Pictura. I probably should mention the publishers in these things because I'm a professional. Art Deco is a weird one because I played it a long, long time ago with Matt and Quinn's online and I was thinking, hey, I probably want to get this to the table. So I got it to the table and I played it a few times on the table and then I wasn't quite sure what I thought about it. So I then showed it to Ava online. So we've really come completely full circle on Art Deco's table to digital ratio. Uh, Ava, do you want to tell the people about how Art Deco works? Yeah, I'll I'll try. I mean, essentially, it's just a game where you've got a couple of actions, which are pleasingly named Haggle, Acquire and Exhibit, which sounds like a fun night out, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, so haggling is just like shuffling a card out of your card to take more, which might mean you can do the second action a bit stronger. Um, acquiring is kind of like the meat of the game itself and it is buying stuff so everything in your hand is worth something some of its money some of its paintings um and the the money the value of the paintings will go up up as the game goes along because of stuff that we'll get to in a moment but you're mostly buying something from either a gallery or a bank using the cards that you have in your hand um so that's acquiring there's a couple of winkles in the rules there but that's what that's the main thing Things cost money, you spend them with the money that they're worth later on. And the final action you can take is exhibit. And this is kind of where the points come from, but also all of it is sort of where the points come from because the mm. cards you have in your deck at the end will score. We should mention that this is a deck builder as well. Every card that you buy from the market is going to slip into your deck. And yeah, you're right, those cards, when you buy them, are going to appreciate in value so you can then use them to buy more cards that then go into your deck later on. Yeah, which is nice because that's like a central thing in deck building games is you're trying to make your car, your hand be more valuable by increasing the value of things. But actually, you can increase the value of things that are already in your hand in this game. So exhibiting is the final action. And exhibiting is where you will take a card out of your deck, paying a museum to show it off for you. To make, They've got a range of different museums with different, um, what's the word for it, different exhibitions on. And if you uh, go put something into there, you'll get a bundle of victory points. You've taken the card out of your deck and um, there's some little bonuses and wrinkles and points for various things. We don't have to go into that because the most interesting thing here is this increasing value stuff, which is basically Mm -hmm. every time you buy something, you, depending on how fancy the gallery you bought it was, which does to some extent dictate (laughs) the cost of that gallery... Um, depending on where you bought it from and also when you're exhibiting depending where you exhibit it um, all of these things increase the value of all of the cards of that type of art so if you've got surrealism you put some surrealism in a museum that increases the value of all surrealism forever Um, yes and the same thing happens with uh, any of the art types the same thing happens with money in a quite weird way yes except that's even further wrinkled because actually if money becomes too popular uh it then becomes less valuable at the end of the game mm-hmm. um but yeah money doesn't change in value during the game in terms of how much it's worth 
but it does have a victory points ratio that if you can stop the game at the right point will mean your money will be worth lots. But if you haven't been collecting money... And so you're collecting everything. The art always appreciates in value. And it sounds like there's a lot of clever ideas there, right? And I think there is a lot of clever ideas. And I kind of liked it because it was... It was giving you this kind of like feeling of everything getting bigger and fancier and like, oh, I can hoard a load of those and then buying them makes them more popular and getting rid of them makes them more popular. But when you get rid of them, they're then not going to count for points at the end of the game in your hands. And yeah, uh, yeah, there's really interesting dynamics here. However, there's also a sludginess to it, right? I think that there was Mm -hmm. something where Everything you do increases the value of the art, including acquiring the art itself. And anything you don't like, you can just get rid of quite easily by exhibiting it. I mean, it costs a lot of money, but you can get rid of the things that are like, oh, actually, this art isn't popular anymore. And there's limits on what um, museums will accept what art, so you can't just chuck away anything. But if you keep a bit of an eye on that, especially with two players where it is easy to keep an eye on that and stop, you're not going to get blocked out as much as anyone else. It just felt a bit like anything I did was roughly the same good. So I felt I didn't feel like I was playing non-strategically, but I felt like I could have been doing anything and anything would have been working. It didn't feel like there was a like, oh, I shouldn't do that because that'll make things worse. And I don't understand. I... I think the money thing, I think the money thing is supposed to be about inflation, right? So it's the idea that if there's too mm-hmm. much money circulating around, it actually becomes uh, less valuable in terms of buying stuff, which sort of makes sense. Um, although I'm not even sure if it actually makes sense in economics, that that's the thing that happens. But like, <laughs> I kind of wish that that was in there a bit more with the art as well, because there is this thing of like, the art is always becoming more valuable. Like, the level of the art just increases and it becomes worth more money and worth more points at the end of the game. And I would have liked it if the art had this thing where like, oh no, everyone, there's too much renaissance going on around it. The market's oversaturated with it and it becomes less valuable. And I think that could have added a little bit of bite here with like not quite knowing whether you were pushing too hard into making something good or someone being able to go and exhibit a piece of art of something that they didn't like that much so that the value of that started dropping whilst they're claiming mm. the points of it. And then it would have been cashing in and cashing out in a way that was that was interesting. Yeah, it felt very much like there was a, a arc to our game where you started off buying a lot of Art Nouveau and I started off buying a lot of pop art and then we mostly sort of just stuck to those genres for much of the game and then sort of dabbled in the other genre when it was sort of apparent that the market was sort of you know there was a nice cheap pop art for example and you might think about maybe getting that or for me if there was a nice cheap art nouveau well of course i'll get that it's cheap and ava's increasing the value of it anyway so it did really have this sense of like anything that you do in the game is just probably going to get you like a certain number of points and it's just about sort of timing but you're at the whims of your deck a little bit yeah it's tricky it's soupy is the right word for it and i think that's definitely exacerbated by board game arena i think when playing it in person at least you can really sort of pay attention to what cards are being slipped into everyone's deck and you go well i think that maybe if i increase the value because there are these sort of brackets right yeah you know if naught to 10 points worth of of renaissance paintings have entered the game then they're only worth one but if you're you know between 50 and 60 they're worth three or four points or something like that so 
if you think you can pick up a painting that's going to cross that threshold, it's always, oh, well, is it worth me doing that for someone? Is it worth increasing that value? Have I got more Renaissance paintings than them? Have they got sort of fewer than me? Is this a good investment, etc.? But then maybe later on in the game, someone's kind of kind of do that for you anyway. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time there were these barriers that I was sort of hopping over for you and thinking, oh, I've just made Ava's turn a little bit better, but it's also good for me because I'm going to get a few points out of it. It's tricky. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's something that like improves with time. And there's there's a really nice little system. One of the systems that I do really think is is quite smart is this where you have these these exhibitions that are taking place in the museum that you fill with paintings and they have a sort of end game scoring bonus at the top. But only a few of those are going to trigger and the only the ones are going to trigger are the ones that have a certain number of paintings in those galleries. If you have the most in, in exhibit number one, then exhibit number one's scoring criteria is going to trigger. So there's a good sort of bit of speculation where you're trying to work out what genres the other player is going for. So you can work out what slots you don't need to fill in those exhibitions. So you can fill the ones and trigger the bonus you want. Yeah. But it, again, I found myself towards the end of the game, really wanting to pursue a particular kind of strategy, but not being able to work out the maths behind it. I was thinking, oh, well, if I buy that Art Nouveau card, I can put it in that exhibition and then that scoring bonus will trigger, which gets me a couple of pop-art points. Bam, 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 bam. That's all going to make sense. But then there's this creeping dread that's like, what if I buy that Art Nouveau? Ava's going to benefit. And it's just so indecipherable working out uh, what the, the 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 grand play is there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that... What a strange game. There's so many things in here that I would really like to see expanded upon because I think that the fact that I do really like, it's a really nice use of the deck building thing. Like the pun of the title is horror, horrible art deck. Oh, <laughs> I don't think we even leaned into that. It is art deck with a K in yeah. the middle of it. And it's, uh, oh, I can see what you're doing, but it does hurt a little bit. But using a deck builder, like one of the things about deck builders is that a lot of it is about timing and chance, right? And it's what you've got in your hands when you show up for your turn. And I kind of liked that here because there was a feeling of like, you're just someone who is like randomly carting around like five of your paintings at a time. And it's like, and you go into the places like, oh yeah, have you got any Renaissance painting? And you're like, oh... Um, I've got all of my impressionism with me Um, (laughs) and like there's that sort of there's something fun in there the idea that it's all about timing that it's all about like catching the wave of this bit of art getting popular enough that now's the right time to sell and recognizing Mm. when is the time to sell and when's the time to exhibit but there's not enough of it it doesn't lean into that enough it just became a game where these things were purely purely stocks for you to trade in like art is a really interesting theme for a game um there is a whole world like it's got that thing of there is a big economic structure that is built out of it there is stuff that is increasing in value changing in value as a as for for arbitrary reasons right and this is useful for game designers like in the same way that like one of the reasons why colonialism is such a prominent theme in board games is because people are a bit lazy and a lot of people uh don't really have a problem with it even though it is a bit grim and i always feel a bit a little bit like whenever i'm having to put a game in front of people that's got that sort of thing in it 
Um, but it's useful because it's like, ah, yes, a supposedly fresh world to start in. And you can, yeah. you know that you're going to be building buildings that will increase an engine and this kind of like multiplying of stuff. Like the economies of it make sense for how board games tend to work. And I think that art is one of those things too. And we don't see that as much. But when we do see it, occasionally it's brilliant, right? Absolutely. We've had a good time reviewing. Uh, you and Matt recently talked about The Gallerist on a podcast, which you thought was a sort of really good, all-encompassing look at the sort of the art world. And I think that gets a lot out of the sort of the mechanical depth of its systems. But then also on the other side, there are games that can talk about art in a really smart way that's also very sort of simplistic, like modern art, for example, because it leans into the, the humor of that situation. It leans into, you know, the depiction of art as basically just a stock that you're going to buy and sell and speculate on. And because modern art has that bit where an piece of art can suddenly be worthless because nobody cares about it anymore, because it has an absurdity to it, it leans into that in a way that Art Deco didn't. So even though it is doing the same thing of just being like, this thing is a commodity, you don't have to think of it as art as possible. And the gallerist does mm. the, sort of the same thing. Like you're clearly people who don't care about the art because the art, is the tiniest picture in the entire game. Everything is about <laughs> the money and the symbols and the power of what you can do. And you can trash your fame yeah. to get anywhere. And everything is a currency in a way that is like viscerally mean. And I think like Matt was, Matt was, it was very entertaining playing it with Matt because Matt has some experience in art world stuff and has seen people in the art world and knows exactly how sharp some of the satire in there is because yeah, it did yeah. have that feeling to it and it's just great when you can lean into that and I guess it's because it's a hard sell because you've got to be interested in satire in games in order to be talking about the stuff that we're talking about and otherwise art is just art like can everyone engage with art can everyone understand why art is important so maybe that's why it doesn't show up in games as a theme as often what's really interesting to me is the way that almost all games that talk about art seem to really want to talk about capital. They're not really about art at all. And some games understand that. Like modern art definitely understands that. The gallerist definitely understands that. But games like Art Deco potentially like sort of have this lacquered theme on top when really they they should just be sort of, they should look like Forex. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. they should be uh, much more drier, much more about stocks and shares. Here's the thing, right? So even though Museum Pictura didn't necessarily hang together nearly as well as I would have liked it to, there was something nice about a game where you're exhibiting in a way that isn't chiefly to sort of to speculate and to increase value. In the sort of fiction of the game, it's a stretch, but you're exhibiting to entertain and to educate, you know, in this game. You're sort of seeking to create an exhibition. And like, I worked in art for a little bit. Um, I didn't work in, it, in the industry for long, but when I did, I was in a bubble that felt very separate from the sort of the market. And this is something that's, it's sort of a, a, a thing that I want to see. It's strange because I don't have any idea how you'd gamify this, but I want to see like the public art space be made into a game. Because, <laughs> you know, people are thinking about that top end. They're thinking about investment. They're thinking about fine art. They're thinking maybe about money laundering. But I think there's a really rich vein that is sort of like still kind of untapped about the like, balances that small charities and organizations have to weigh up in terms of like commissions and artist development and public projects and community engagement like i want to see the gallerist but if you win you just get to put a really cool sculpture in a square <laughs> or like host a really cool like 
strange free exhibition. Yeah. I just think there's there's stuff in that world that I think is way more interesting to me when there's a lot of games that they really, what they really want to talk about is money, but I'd really love to see games that are sort of more positive about this idea of art for art's sake. Yeah, that's really, really lovely. And I was just thinking about like throwing down a gauntlet to some extent of being like, can you make a game that is not necessarily you being creative, but like is just about creative expression like about surviving as an artist Mm. about being able to get by in potentially quite a cruel and capitalistic world but also trying to be like genuine like is it would it be possible to make a game like that it would be cool seeing a game where you're situated as a painter rather than a gallery owner like almost all games in the in the art you know talking about art are talking about this sort of you know you are an organizer you are a collector and that really does like tap into what people play games for you know like the joy of things like museum picture are having like you know this this spread of like all these different things and organizing them really nicely that's the urge they're putting into but i want i want them to start you know talking about the struggle that you know you have to sell a painting to someone who you really don't like just because they'll pay you quite a lot of money for it that's what i want that's what i want yeah that's where the storytelling is it's 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 there right like there's the opportunities to make these sort of things and i think it'll be really interesting if more people try and tap into that because i do really like satires of gross capitalism because that like helps me explain my politics to people it's like yeah isn't this horrible but i also really love art right i do actually love art like i really love like having a beautiful piece of art somewhere being able to stare at something i love going to a museum and looking around and i kind of hate that it's attached to that world but i'm glad that that means that art gets made and you get to support artists and like there is something really like genuinely transcendent about getting a piece of art like seeing something and just like understanding a way of seeing the world that isn't your own and that's beautiful so i want to explore that side of things and like yeah i hope more board games can do that which is perhaps a bit optimistic but i would like to see it happen that was our little arty special podcast i hope you enjoyed it um if you've got any opinions you want to share about art in games or you've got any and this would be the best one for us if you've got any recommendations for arty games that do explore some of the stuff we were talking about remember you can always drop a comment on shutupandsitdown.com uh also if you want to help the podcast like get in front of more people it's always lovely to review and like us on uh any podcatcher but particularly itunes is that correct is that the one that like really like beats up your your stats uh but also i heard somewhere that you can now do it on Spotify as well. Oh, you can and I do not know if that's true. Are we on Spotify? Yeah. D- d- yeah, we're on Spotify. But Neil Young isn't, doesn't hate us yet. No, not yet. Yeah. But he's coming, he's for, coming us. for us. He's coming for us. Yeah, he's going to paint that old chair. Um, <laughs> um, but you don't even have to do any of those like weird, like metric improving things because mainly we're just really happy that you're here listening um uh it's been it's lovely to get back into podcasting i've moved house and it's made everything so it's been so difficult to get online and do stuff that i'm really glad to be able to just talk about some of these games i've been playing um you've been playing a lot, playing of, games. A lot of games this isn't even the games that i came yeah. in to talk about that like, this is just oh let's do an art special i'm like yeah of course um you've got a whole satchel of games to talk about so it's a satchel full it'll be a big satchel as well some of them are quite big 
Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, Tom, for being Tom Brewster. Thank you, Tom Brewster. And thanks, me, for being Ava Foxford. Thank you, me. Um, and thanks, thanks, shut up and sit down for being shut up and sit down. And thanks to you for audience. Wow, that was that's so professional, Ava. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>